Welcome back, boys and girls. It is week four. I'm I'm done whining about this. I'm done whining about it. I've whined about it for, for, for more than 10 years now. It's week four of the college football season. It's week five of the Carla and Crappy Show. It's not that hard. Crappy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, math but math still is hard. I yeah, I know, but I'm 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 done complaining about this. We're we're having fun. It's college football. It's about it fun. It's all about fun. I am Uncle Crappy. Uh, I am up here in Pittsburgh. That is Carla. She is down there in Nashville. Hi, Carla. Hi. Where it's like 100 degrees. Like, no joke. Like, it's just outrageously hot. Like, I'm ready for fall in the worst possible way. And it was like I was sweating walking across campus today. I was like, uh, what is this? Blah. Exactly. I am looking forward to um, the, the weather in Columbus uh, on, on Saturday. Um, the high is supposed to be... 70 but it should be down like in the mid 50s by the time uh the game is over and i'm i am looking forward to that that sounds glorious a whole sign bunch. me up a whole bunch um we will get to that we will get to um and uh with along with comprehensive weather forecasts for each <laughs> of the uh the 27 games that we're talking about this weekend <laughs> but we first had so much fun, we had so much fun last week <laughs> we, did, we did um and we're gonna have that much fun uh did, did this week as well but um before we look ahead we will look back mm-hmm. as we traditionally do uh carla what what uh what what stuck out with you for um we didn't. We didn't have a, a Sun Belt massacre this time, um, but boy, there was there was still a lot of a lot of fun stuff going on. There's a lot of fun stuff, but I'm not gonna lie. I got a little myopic on Saturday because I was having way too much fun watching my Nittany Lions just roll all over Jordan Hare Stadium. Um, like there were understandable. Other, I, there I were, was enjoying that too. There were a bunch of other games that I mm. really wanted to be paying attention to during that time slot, and I just couldn't bring myself to change the channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I just want to keep watching this. Um, so I'm going to do something I don't I don't normally do in, <gasps> in opening the show, and that is actually like go in depth on Penn State for a change. <gasps> okay. Um, and you're everything allowed. and everything that I saw on your, on Saturday. Your, your co-host is guilty of that almost every week. So. Yeah, I, yeah, well, and I know this is not only something that I that I dive into, but I, mm-hmm. I actually watched most of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And normally, I'm too busy flipping channels to like stay focused on anything. Right. But, um, but yeah, so much good stuff out of this game, right? Um, I mean, obviously, the the big takeaway for me was we can legitimately say now that Penn State has a run game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw the run game against Ohio, but that's against a MAC opponent. Yes. Um, and so you don't know for sure until you go play the big boys and there's no more big boy than playing in an sec stadium on the road. Mm-hmm. And those two freshmen running back, Nick Singleton and, um, Katron Allen, I, what a one, two punch that is. How many damn tailbacks do you guys have now? Cause it's, it, it's, it's feeling unfair actually. It, well, and it's, it's a nice luxury to have. Like we find, like we talk about those teams that have the battalion of running backs to put fresh yeah. legs out there all the time. Yeah. And with these two freshmen, like Penn state's setting up to be that team. Um, and as long as the line can stay healthy, I mean, Nick Singleton has like legit explosive speed, yeah. like the, the 56 yard run that he like didn't get to the end zone, but almost got to the end zone, um, was insane. Like mm-hmm. he just put it into another year after he got past the line of scrimmage. Um, so I love that. I love, um, tight end Brenton strange, mm-hmm. um, because he can both block and catch like mm-hmm. that's a rare thing to see in a wide receiver or in a tight end um you know and and penn state has been known for tight ends that, that are able to do both um mm-hmm. and there's another one now which yep. is fantastic of course he also had probably the most iconic moment of the game when he blocked for nick singleton and like singleton was still like 35 ish yards from the end zone and like cbs actually like spotlighted him at one point where he's like <laughs> pointing like he's, and he said after the game he's like I see that dude in practice every day. Nobody was going to catch him. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I knew better. Um, <laughs> so I like that we've got some tight ends that can, you know, do both blocking and, and receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the play. I I've criticized, um, offensive coordinator, Mike Yurkic, um, mm-hmm. in, in the first game for how he handled the Sean Clifford situation against Purdue. Um, that was a heck of a, of a game call. Mm-hmm. on on saturday um i like the way he inserted gimmick plays um the one that comes yep. to mind was the um 
the uh, wide receiver pass out to Sean Clifford. Mm-hmm. Right. That was just really well-timed, great play design. Um, worked really, really well. If if that's the kind of play calling we're going to see for us this season, really, really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, line play on both sides of the ball, outstanding. Um, we see that a lot. We knew that about the Penn State defense. Their pass rush has always, for the last several games, has been really, really good. And, I mean, they just forced TJ Finley into a stupid mistakes. Yeah. Um, and it was just relentless the entire game. Um, what was nice to see was the offensive line play almost as well. Um, and, and to be able to block for the run game, which is something that, you know, ask Sean Clifford how well that's gone for him the last couple of seasons, <laughs> right? Um, it, it, it was that would, nice that would actually That would actually imply that there was a run game the last couple of seasons. Or besides, that, that besides, there was, you know, besides Sean Clifford. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I mean, the, the reason why Sean Clifford has been the leading rusher is because he was running for his life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and to be able to see them actually you know, block for a run game, protect Sean a little bit um, when he's dropping back there. I mean, that's massive improvement from what Mm -hmm. we have seen over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, Defense was as good as we would expect. The red zone defense was outstanding, forced four turnovers, um, six sacks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot to really, really like. The other nice thing, the thing that I like is that like the next generation of Penn State linebackers seems to be setting up really nicely. Um, Kurt, I mean, Curtis Jacobs had that huge red zone sack. Yeah. um, and they gave freshman Abdul Carter number 11. And that's a big deal mm-hmm. at Penn State because who else has worn number 11? LeVar mm-hmm. Arrington and Micah Parsons. Yes. Um, you know, so they obviously see some um, potential in this mm-hmm. kid. And he played really, really well on Saturday. Here's the one takeaway that makes me get a little bit nervous. Okay. Was the Penn State defense at times was a little too much bend, don't break. Mm-hmm. They made the big plays when they needed to. Uh, fortunately, Auburn's offense was just not in sync because of the pass rush and other things during the day. But there were moments, particularly on third down, where Penn State could not get off the field. Yep. And that's going to be a problem in Big Ten play. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that this team really needs to work on is is really kind of watching those like mid-range, like slight underneath kind of um, uh, out routes and, and those kinds of things that they just mm-hmm. did not do a good job protecting against. Um, and Auburn was able to stay on the field and extend drives. And, uh, you know, it was, there were parts of the game where they were driving pretty nicely down the field. And then the defense stepped up in the red zone, got a couple of, you know, well, well-timed sacks, yeah. um, turnovers, you know, they, they bailed themselves out. But when you're playing Michigan's and the Ohio States of the world, you're not always going to get those opportunities right. when you're facing an offense. That's actually a little bit more consistent, has more weapons, um, not two quarterbacks, right. Because <laughs> we talked about that. So yes. there's a lot of, there, there's still a lot of room for improvement in actually getting off the field. Um, but man, I liked what I saw. I liked the energy from the team after the game. Um, you know, the excitement that they had for going in and just stopping yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Tigers. Um, lots of good things. And I was going to say that like this is like a marquee win for the Big Ten and it's good for everybody involved until you look at what the rest of the Big Ten did. Eek. <sighs> Uh, yeah. So Indiana needed overtime to beat Western Kentucky. Northwestern lost to Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, Syracuse led Purdue 10 to nine at the end of the third quarter and then needed a game winning touchdown to win 32 to 29. They scored 42 points combined in the fourth quarter. Carrier dumb magic. <sighs> um, Nebraska just got absolutely throttled by Oklahoma. So much for the Scott Frost rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan state. What happened? Um, uh, I, mean, yeah, I can, uh, I can, I will tell you what happened in Michigan state when I get to my, my look back. <laughs> they, yeah. I mean, they just got steamroller. They, they're down 22, nothing midway through the second quarter. And you're like, okay, what happened? Um, and then Rutgers had to hold on to beat temple. Yes. Um, yes. so like the next best win from, you know, I mean, and Penn, or Ohio state did what they were supposed to do. Michigan did what they were supposed to do. Um, the next, so the second best win in the big 10 on Saturday might mm-hmm. be Maryland over Southern Methodist. Might be. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Big yeah, 10. I know. I know. Big yeah. 10. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. You got to put a good week together for the entire conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But- um, we're, I mean, we're getting into conference play, so uh, you'll just get to, to, to beat up on each other instead of uh, trying to, you know, hang on against Temple or Syracuse or whatever else it is. Um, do, you want, I, do, I, do you want me to tell you what happened to Michigan State? Yes, please tell that me. Was, that was one of the things. Idea. I have I have a couple things. I have a couple things that I that, that stuck out um the, for me for for from last week. Um the Big Ten fans, 
and and Carla, I know I know you remember this all too well, have nightmarish memories of the 2020 Michael Penix uh, at Indiana. Yes. Um, he is healthy. He is now the starting quarterback for the Washington Huskies. And he absolutely destroyed Michigan State's defense on Saturday. Um, I, I, in fact, I, 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 you know, he obviously he he had a great year. He had a great couple, more than a great year. Um, the twenty twenty one, he was injured fairly early, and and that didn't amount to much for for him or for the Hoosiers. Um, but he he had a great run in the Big Ten. Um, and I thought he looked better uh, on Saturday than I ever saw him uh, when he was playing in conference. Uh, stat line, uh, he, he was 24 of 40. That's not great, but almost 400 yards, mm-hmm. uh, four touchdowns. I'm just, just I keep an eye on him. If you need a dark horse Heisman Trophy candidate, mm-hmm. um, you know, a guy who's playing in the Pac-12 and is not going to run it up against really great defenses very often um maybe maybe mike's the guy um and if you need a dark horse you know pack 12 favorite think about the huskies watch what yeah. they're going to do there, there's not a lot of really strong competition um and they could position themselves pretty well by the end of the season uh if if that stuff continues um another team to watch and i and i'm i'm suggesting this not because I, i'm thinking they're going to be awesome but because i'm thinking you know we, we always talk about is this is this team back? We will get, we will get to, is, is Texas actually back? We'll get yeah. to that in a minute. Um, Florida State. I am curious about uh, what's in store for them. They, they, uh, they got their first ACC win on the road at Louisville. Um, was not a thing of beauty. They gave up 500 yards to, to Malik Cunningham and, and, and the, the, the Cardinals offense. Um, but th- this is not a team that's, that's folding like it has in the past um mm-hmm. it's not a team that the team that, that collapses when it uh takes a, a a good shot um in fact they had to there was like a mini game at the end of the game the fourth quarter they had to win uh the fourth quarter 14 to 10 to win that game um we're going to find out about about florida state fairly quickly they they have a uh, boston college at home this week uh i did not look i assume they're the favorites for that in the next three weeks uh, they have Wake at home, at NC State, and Clemson at home. Mm-hmm. Let's see how they get through there. Um, yeah. If if you if you get through that stretch, uh, two and one, um, that's that's impressive. Um, and and if they if they happen to win all three of those, and I kind of I, I think they have the talent. Florida State has the talent to 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 maybe do that. Um, then we'll watch and see what happens with them. Uh, further down the line because uh, that's that 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 would be that that would be eye-opening for sure yeah um did you happen to watch any uh, uh the ivy league football over the weekend i didn't but i almost forgot my my new weekly the weekend was so bonkers uh, that i don't even remember what happened uh please do and it's because nobody could see it because well, espn didn't until, until the highlights yes yeah that because espn kept it behind the paywall but like app state took like all the headlines this week got mm-hmm. game day for the week um and then needed a mirror a miracle hail mary to beat troy like if you have not seen that play go back and look it up it is insane and that's the play they won the game on yeah um yeah yeah but so very very last play of the game um as you know time has expired it looked like it was almost sort of a, a hook and ladder kind of thing except yeah. it was just the ball was just under thrown that's all right was. Um, yeah because the Hail Mary didn't even make it to the end zone yeah um yeah the, the kid the deflection he caught it and then he had mm-hmm. to run in like it was one of the crazier Hail Marys I've ever seen but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. too bad too bad we couldn't see that game Hmm. I could I could see it again, but because I, <laughs> I I got it I got it I, I have to keep up with uh, ESPN Plus so I can watch the Cornell Big Red Bears. Um, yes. Uh, first, let's update on Drew. Uh, he has uh, the cast is off. Uh, he's probably got. Oh, he said he's got another week or two maybe before. Um, he he's actually practicing. Uh, and then, but they had the the good thing was they they used a, a rotation of running backs so. I, I think if he's in good shape, he's going to get to play. Uh, and that's going to be a good thing because they looked really good. Um, they beat VMI on the road. Uh, the final score was not 
game was not as close as the 28 to 22 final score. Um, going into the fourth quarter, it was uh, 28 to two, actually. Um, and, and VMI uh, uh, scored uh, three times during the um, uh, during the fourth quarter. Uh, improved defense, uh, generated sacks, generated turnovers, including a pick six, which was fun because I was actually texting with Drew, um, who, who was at, at, at home in Ithaca in his apartment watching the game on TV. Um, he was a little excited about that. Uh, <laughs> offensive line play, head and shoulders above anything that I saw last year. Um, and that's going to make a huge difference in, in all facets of the uh, facets of the offense. This, this was really cool. And this is, I, I, I'm, uh, Drew was excited about as excited about this as I was they're running, uh, the full house T on the goal line. It's, mm. it's not, it's not like a, it's not a wishbone thing, but it's similar in that you've got, uh, all three backs, um, lined up in a straight line behind the quarterback. Um, yeah. Woody did this all the time. Woody did not use it as a deception, although he might have claimed that that was the case. Everyone knew in, in the early 70s, everyone who's going to give the, the ball is going to go to Pete Johnson. And, and <laughs> then you just had to try to stop him. And most of the time you, you didn't. Um, but they had a they had a, a, a great uh, pass play uh, coming out of that. They had a power play. Uh, there, it's, it, that's going to be a fun wrinkle uh, on the on, on the goal line. And I look forward to seeing it more. Um, VMI and VMI had no idea how to defend how to defend it, so that's going to be cool. Um, mm-hmm. I am excited about Cornell football, and I will be excited to watch uh, or do my best to keep track of the home opener against the Puppies from Yale. Uh, that is at two p.m. Uh, on ESPN Plus once again. Um, like the rest of college football, uh, AJ's uh, group of five guys are mostly jumping into college into a, a conference play this week. That means the real fun is just getting started. AJ, uh, what you what you looking for this weekend? Hello, everybody. It is this week's Group of Five After Dark Report. Uh, we need to get started here on Thursday. Uh, we did not have any Thursday games last week, uh, but we definitely need to get started early this week. Uh, we start with West Virginia at Virginia Tech, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Um, I continue to request more region-based rivalries. Uh, this game is for the Black Diamond Trophy. That's a cold joke. And honestly, I, like I don't even know where to begin with this game. WVU is bad, but good, but okay. I don't know. They lost their 1-2 and two after losing the opening game Heartbreaker to Pitt on the wild interception. And then they lost by multiple touchdowns in overtime to Kansas at home. And then Virginia Tech overcame their loss to Old Dominion in week zero, but they don't look great. They look fine. Like, they beat Wofford 27-7. Sure. This game should just be stupid and fighty because this is a group of fans who interact a lot. Uh, This game is being played in Blacksburg. So uh, Sandman, all that sort of fun stuff. Just tune into this game. Friday night, Nevada at Air Force, 8 p.m. on FS1. Nevada, I think, is done playing Iowa. They they had multiple weather delays, and that game, I think, finally ended sometime around 2 to 2.30 in the morning. It was so gross that I went to bed, and I'm the late-night person. Uh, they they And by the way, that happened on Saturday. They then have a short week to then go play Air Force. Air Force lost to Wyoming on Friday, which means they got an extra day to prepare for this game. Sky Troops should roll by a lot here. Uh, Saturday, TCU at SMU, noon on ESPNU. <laughs> this game's going to be spicy. Uh, the quick backstory to this, Sonny Dykes, former head coach of SMU, decides he's leaving for TCU between the second to last and last game of the season. The last game of the SMU season last year was a home game where the fans booed him mercilessly. Um, They were really mad about this, as right they should be, because TCU and SMU have a rivalry. This is the skillet game. They're 40 miles apart. He literally just went to the other side of the rivalry because it's a quote-unquote better job because it's in the Big 12, not the American Conference. And now he gets to come back to SMU because this game is is in Dallas so uh this should be super fun this should be pointy this should be angry uh no one is gonna end leave without a black eye I guess is what I'm saying here watch that game 
also at noon on Fox Sports 1, Duke at Kansas. Now, you may be saying to yourself, AJ, AJ, why? You don't need to do this. Why Duke and Kansas? Because both of these teams are undefeated. They are both 3-0 and because this year is great. And one of these teams will be 4-0 and when this game is over. Lance Leipold deserves some sort of medal for this Kansas season. And Mike Elko has almost instantly turned Duke around. I don't know if it's a like they, the team quit on the previous coach and now they're playing hard for the new coach. I don't know. But I did not have Duke and Kansas as a featured game on my calendar in August. But that's why we watch these games. Kansas should win their fourth game for the first time since 2009. It's a real stat. Uh, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus, the home of App State, James Madison at App State. After a completely and utterly bananas Hail Mary to beat Troy, App is 3-0. They had game day, and now they don't have game day. They're still on ESPN+. And we now have a James Madison team that they used to play a lot in FCS. This was a big FCS rivalry. Uh, now it's at the FBS level. These two teams know each other well. This should be super fighty. Uh, it should be fun, but I expect App State to roll. 4 p.m. on Fox, Oregon at Wazoo. Did not have 3-0 Wazoo on my predictions at all. And now they host an Oregon team that wants to prove they're more than just a Georgia road stain. And they beat the lights and the playoff hopes out of BYU. I expect Oregon to roll, but remember, chaos god Bo Nix is the quarterback at Oregon. Anything is possible. Uh, Arizona at Cal, 5.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Um, I'm just going to say this until I say otherwise. Arizona's fun. They're not good, but they're fun. They're entertaining. Their games are stupid, and they just beat North Dakota State at home. Wild. Absolutely bananas. Like, they're really fun to watch. Cal, though. Cal is watching paint dry. That school wants that football team to die in a most spectacular way. I truly hope Arizona gets themselves a P5 win. I am cheering for the Bearcats because... They're fun. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, 7 p.m. FS1. Iowa at Rutgers. Now, I just said a bunch of games were pointsy and the fun indexes were going to be pretty good and we're watching for fun and weird things. I would normally run as fast as possible from this game and call anyone who wants to watch this game a truly gross and disgusting human being. Turns out, Turns out I'm a disgusting and gross human being because I was watching Iowa and Nevada at 1.30, almost 2 a.m. I watched Iowa kick a field goal at 2 a.m. If you want to know if I'm about that life. Um, the fun index here is 34.5. 34.5, which is the lowest fun index in decades. Why am I interested? Because it should be lower. I honestly want to hammer the under on this. Iowa scored 17 points, and God shut the game down. I just want you to consider the fact that it was that Iowa scoring points was such an affront to a higher power that weather delays happened. I can't fathom how this game hits 34.5. I can't. Rutgers is on backup quarterbacks, and Brian Ferentz is still the OC at Iowa. Sure, Rutgers is doomed. The Iowa defense is an absolute nightmare. It's a shame that Iowa doesn't have anything that can put points the other way. 8 p.m. on Stadium or Flow Sports, Hawaii at New Mexico State. Uh, I love you, Bose. I'm very glad that my city could give you a win. Uh, but you're bad enough that New Mexico is favored for the first time in years. Like, New Mexico State does not get favored ever. So, uh, listen, we're going to get right. Timmy Chang's going to get them right. Go, Bose. Going to take an L here. Uh, speaking of L's. ULL at ULM, uh, that's University of Louisiana Lafayette at University of Louisiana Monroe, 8 p.m. ESPN Plus. Additional regional hating. Uh, these two teams, it, this is like a, a, a true regional war inside of North, uh, inside of Louisiana. You have North, uh, which is Lafayette, and you have Monroe, which is South. Uh, this is basically the war of I-10. Uh, I-10 cuts Louisiana in half north to south. Uh, this one is for the wooden boot. I expect this to be weird and stupid, and neither one of these teams is terribly good, which means the game itself should be great. Keep an eye on this one. 9.30 p.m., Pac-12 Network, USC at Oregon State. Pac-12, what are you doing? I love you. 
I go hard for the Pac-12, like a lot. But what the hell are y'all doing putting your two, two of your premier teams, your literal premier team, USC, on against an undefeated and very fun Oregon State on the Pac-12 network? No one's going to watch this but me, because I think I'm the only person in the world who gets the Pac-12 network somehow. What are you doing? You let ESPN take the Utah-Arizona State game? They fired Herm! You had every opportunity to not do this, and yet you did. You goobers. USC should win, Oregon should be feisty, and should score points and make this close, but come on, man, let more people see your fun stuff. Weirdly, though, I do want to cover one more game, and that is a Pac-12 game. And it is on FS1 at 10.30. We have Stanford at Washington. Now, normally I would also stay away from this game because in my head, Washington plays very boring run-the-ball offense. And Stanford plays brutality, intellectual brutality, and we're going to run you over with four tight ends. Uh, it turns out that Stanford and Washington are like top ten in the country in plays per game. Sure. Uh, Stanford is doing the wake RPO stuff. Like they, they like it's almost like they talked to Dave Klaus. They said, "How do we do that?" And they said, "Well, here's how you do it: you like your running back and your quarterback walk to the line of scrimmage to see what the defense is going to do, and then you make a decision." Um, it's terrifying to watch, but Stanford is actually trying something different. They are not trying to do that. Like we are going to run you over with dudes who can't run you over. They are actively trying to make difference differences and changes. David Shaw is actually a really good coach, uh, and it just doesn't work out for him all the time. Um, Kalen DeBoer going to Washington. They have Michael Penix, who is still that Michael Penix from the Indiana game. He is stupid fun to watch. Uh, I recommend also staying up to watch that game. Uh, this has been your group of five report for the week. I hope to see you online. Let's have fun. Let's have a week four. Thank you, AJ. We, we appreciate it as always. Um, Carla, as was the case a week ago, we were struck by the, the, the sheer number of, of interesting matchups on the docket for this week. Um, so we're going to go speed round again. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. I, 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 don't, I mean, why not? Right. Yeah. Although this one has an interesting wrinkle this week, because when we were texting, trying to figure out what we were going to talk about, I think this feels like a contender pretender week. Um, in a lot of cases. Yes. That, yes. that we're really going to kind of start figuring out what teams are really legit this season. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so this is gonna be a fun week. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to hustle. Okay, you ready? Uh, let's scratch. Uh, take a moment. Uh, all right, we're gonna uh, a deep. We're gonna take one deep centering breath. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the nose. Ready? Okay, ready? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Uh, all these games are on Saturday, starting at noon on the American Broadcasting Company. Number five, Clemson. At number 21, Wake Forest. Clemson is favored by seven. The AJ Fun Index is a completely middle of the road, 55 and a half points. What do you think? This is the first contender pretender, right? Um, I'm not completely sold on Clemson yet. Um, and on the other hand, Wake probably should have lost to Liberty last week um, because, because Liberty had a two-point conversion to, to for the win and missed it. Um, and that's how Wake won. Um Clemson's only test has been Georgia Tech in week one. So we really don't know a lot about Clemson. And can we even claim yeah. Georgia Tech as really being a test? Eh. <laughs> that might be stretching things a bit. Um, so this is our first of several. We have no idea games for the mm -hmm. week. Um, on paper, these teams are super similar. There's one thing that stands out. Wake really relies on the arm of Sam Hartman. Mm -hmm. That's the Wake offense is Sam Hartman's arm. Um the Clemson secondary so far this year has been questionable. If you look at their yards on defense, they're giving up a lot more yards in the pass game than they are on the run game. The run defense is really, really good. Yeah. Um, if Wake had put away Liberty last week because they're playing this game at home, mm -hmm. I'd pick the Demon Deacons here because of that fact. But Clemson's had the more consistent performance. They've done exactly what they're supposed to do against teams that they were supposed to beat. Mm -hmm. So I will hesitate here and pick the Tigers, but and if this was a night game too, if this was a mm -hmm. night game, then I would do like Ooh, Wake's going to yeah. win at home. Yeah. Um, but a noon kick, I'm going to stick with Clemson for now. Okay. Okay. Um, I, as you said, 
it's hard to know because neither of these teams have really played anybody. And no, I'm, I'm not going to count Georgia Tech as anybody yet. Um, do recall, do recall that Wake Forest uh, is a very good team. Um, yeah. In fact, they, they played for the, the ACC title a, a year ago. Um, also, you should probably, it's probably worth recalling that Clemson has been, I would say, the second best program in the country over the last decade. So, <laughs> um, I know that they had a they had a rough season last time. It just feels different this time to me. Uh, I, I and I thought about it. I I, I really uh, this I, I would not be stunned with a Wake Forest win here, but I, I feel like Clemson has sort of regained its footing and and they should win this game. Uh, at three thirty uh, on CBS, number twenty, Florida. Uh, at number eleven, Tennessee. The balls are favored by ten and a half. At home, the AJ Fund Index, uh, it's getting up there, 62 and a half. Carla, that's more of a Florida orange than a Tennessee orange that you're wearing, right? Yeah, it is. Um, hmm. Even though did, pretty much- Did a- David give you that shirt? Uh, no, actually, I bought it myself. Okay, um, okay. But, but yeah, this is a little bit more of a, of a Florida orange. Um, huh. Huh. Yeah, um, although I say that, and um, things were a little tense here on Saturday night because oh. Florida probably should have lost to USF. Yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't look that good in the game. And, you know, so like after wowing everybody against Utah and I made the statement that Anthony Richardson was going to cause problems in the mm-hmm. SEC, um, he hasn't looked as elite as we thought he was going to be. Kind mm-hmm. of average at best so far making a lot of mistakes throwing four picks fewer than 500 yards passing on the season now he's a dual threat quarterback right so that kind of balances Mm -hmm. that out a little bit um but even the florida defense the florida defense gave up 300 yards on the ground to usf yeah at home in the swamp yeah Uh, and ut's offense has been putting up huge numbers and they've played legit teams, yes, right? Because I mean, they they went to the the mustard. I'm still calling it the mustard bowl. They went to the mustard bowl, Ned Ryerson Stadium. Ned Ryerson Stadium. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it will always be Heinz Field. Damn it. Um, you know they're putting up huge numbers. UT's yes. offense is putting up huge numbers, mostly through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tennessee defense has been really, really good against the run. Which has been the way that like Florida's offense has kind of balanced itself out against mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson. So if Florida's going to win, they need the arm of Richardson here. And that's a huge ask on the road at Neyland Stadium. This is a rivalry game. Yes. Big time rivalry game. It is. And the narrative around the game, particularly here in Tennessee, is that this is the game you're talking about is Texas back. This is the game that Vols fans are hanging their hats on saying, this is the game that we are going to say we're back Mm -hmm. because we're going to beat Florida. There are huge expectations for Tennessee in this game, which is exactly the reason why I'm going to take Florida. (laughs) (laughs) because it's happened time and time again with the, with Tennessee, right? We talked about mm-hmm. that when they played Pitt, that this Tennessee team, you know, this is the time, this is the year, this is the time they're going to do it. And they lay an egg at the worst possible time. And right. it just like the setup for this week just has that feel. Okay. And I can't explain why, like, mm-hmm. it just feels like this is going to be a massive letdown in Neyland stadium. It's going to come down to like the last drive and something crazy is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, Florida's going to figure out a way to win this football game. And then Florida's not going to do anything else for the rest of the season. <laughs> like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it feels like, right? Like, like Florida is going to destroy Tennessee's chances of getting to the SEC title game. Okay. And then they're just going to like, you know, we did what we needed to do this year. And then they're just going to slide into mediocrity and finish seven and five. Right. Okay. Um, that's really what this feels like. So I'm making some friends mad, but staying with the family loyalties. And I'm going to say, Chomp, chomp. Oh, oh, that uh, you had to finish that way. Um, since since the Utah game, uh, Florida fans have have uh, gotten a look at why maybe the enthusiasm for Anthony Richardson uh, is, is a little premature. And as I said, I, I remember um, from the, the the playing time that he got last year, um, due to immense talent. Um, yeah, raw last year for sure and some of that still is it is still is hanging on um mm-hmm. so you don't really know what what you're going to get um 
Uh, ten, you, you mentioned Tennessee's uh, defense has been solid. Tennessee is tested. Um, although Florida with a, with a win against UConn, you, you can't say that they're playing cupcakes. Um, I can't argue with your feel for this game, uh, given that, you know, you, you have so many UT people in your circle and you live in Nashville and all that stuff. Um, I, I feel, I, I, I get what, the, what the, the Tennessee fans are feeling here. Um, it, this is, it feels a little bit like, you know, like the, the nineties and, and Ohio state, Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> just kept thinking, Oh, this is going to be the one. Um, except I think this is going to be the one I, I don't know. I don't know that this is, you know, Tennessee's back. I'm not sure that that's going to do this, but I do think uh, they will beat Florida on Saturday. Uh, apologies to, to David. It's okay. He'll get over it. He'll get over it? Yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee wins that game either. You know, on paper, they should <laughs> win this game. Like, it, it's going to take a miracle out of Florida, but this feels like a game that Florida could pull a miracle out of somewhere. Mm-hmm. There, um, there, were, there were many miracles for Michigan yes. in, in the 90s, so I, mm-hmm. I, I understand. Uh, next up, um, at our, our uh, 3.30 slate here, uh, 3.30 on ESPN, number 22, Texas at... Texas Tech. The Longhorns are favored by six and a half points. The AJ Fund Index, a respectable 60. Carla, is Texas back? Is Texas back, right? That's a million <laughs> dollar question. Every year we ask this question. And I will say they responded well after, yes. um, you know, after almost beating Alabama and I put them on upset alert against UTSA. Um, I will say Hudson Card at least managed that offense in a way that they were able to beat um, a team that has a really good offense, but mm. a team they they should have beat because you know you know difference in playing in CUSA versus playing in the Big Twelve. Right. Um, so they handled that well. But what they did last week was that they relied on the legs of Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they just ran him into the ground. He put up nearly two hundred yards and three touchdowns. So Hudson Card didn't have to do a lot other than just not make mistakes. Yes. Right. And that's and that was a perfect setup for mm-hmm. this. Um, tech though is really good against the run, at least so far. And so can Hudson Card accurately throw the football? We're going to find out this week <laughs> because yes. he's going to have to, right? Um, other side of the ball, Red Raiders have been through a lot this mm-hmm. season. Um, they lost to NC State last week, um, needed double overtime to beat Houston the week before and what was an mm-hmm. epic game. Yep. Um, Tech is going to live and die by the armor Donovan Smith. Mm-hmm. That's their offense. Um, he's That's... thrown seven touchdowns five interceptions <laughs> um so accuracy maybe not so much um so this is going to be the difference between can texas tech not make mistakes can texas do something other than run the football mm-hmm. i think in this and, case i'm yes. and it, and it's it's in lubbock too um mm-hmm. Again, if this was a night game, I think I would take the red. I would th- I would consider very seriously about taking the Red Raiders in upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm still going to lean Texas in this game, but okay. I think this is going to be way closer than it probably should be. Okay, okay. Um, I did I did lead my notes with is Texas back? Yeah. Um, and you don't know. And this is and this probably isn't the game that's that's going to let you know. Um, but I, I it's. With with the strength on strength matchup, um, that that makes this interesting. Uh, you figure the Red Raiders are going to score, so I'm sort of hoping. Uh, AJ will be proud to hear me say this. I'm I'm hoping this devolves into just some kind of pointy weirdness, um, where everyone has to try to hang on, and, and the last person who has the ball uh, at the end of the game is going to be the winner. I I. It would be fun that for this to be a primetime game. Um, yeah. And I would, I would really think about uh, leaning towards tech, and if, if that were the case, um, given this setup, <sighs> I'm not sure that Texas is back right now. I think Sark is going to be the guy who does it, and I think even at this point, there's gonna be enough, enough for the Longhorns to win this game on the road. So, well, so that's, that's where I'm going. And Sark is safe as long as Arch Manning is committed. 
<laughs> they're, they're not going to get rid of Sarka as long as he's committed to the, to the That's That is true. He could, yeah. If he could fire him, he could get himself a job anywhere else. And oh, hey, here goes a Manning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did, you, did, have you, did you see, by the way, Eli Manning trying out for uh, a quarterback at Penn State as a walk-on? I didn't. Boys and girls, here is your, your uh, side tip. <laughs> go go on the internet as you do and search Eli Manning Penn State uh, I found this on TikTok where it's a series of four videos um, you can find the whole thing it's spectacular and it, <laughs> and it just and it and it just happened like it's like so you you'll want to see this trust me on this okay uh, we continue at 3:30. Um, on the Big Ten Network, Minnesota at Michigan State. Minnesota is favored on the road by two and a half points. The AJ Fund Index is a Big Ten-esque 51. Yeah. Hi, Charlie. Um, Carlo, what do you think? Hi, buddy. Yeah, so Sparty, Sparty got Michael Penixed, right? Um, oh, we've already talked about this. man, they got smoked. Um, and the game wasn't as close as the final score, nope. right? Because Sparty had to like score two late touchdowns to make the score respectable. Um. Michigan State had just 42 yards rushing. 42 as a team. It just, it that really didn't, th- that whole game really surprised me because it yeah. did not feel like, um, it did not feel like a Michigan State game. It didn't, it, you know, certainly not, it didn't feel like a Mel Tucker team. It didn't feel like a Mark D'Antonio team. And and that's, you know, that, that's, that's long gone at this point. But wow, right. they got smoked. Yeah. Um, so, like, is Sparty as bad as what we saw last week? Mm. You know, I, I don't know if we know yet, and we're going to find out this week. This is a contender-pretender game, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it, which which Michigan State are we going to see? The team that we saw last year that had huge expectations or the team that just went out and got smoked by Washington on the um, on the West Coast? Minnesota is putting up huge offensive numbers. Like, for, mm-hmm. like you, you don't necessarily think, like, big numbers on offense for Minnesota, but that's and, what we're and Trestle, seeing. And Trestle Jr. yeah. And and super impressive defensive numbers to back that up, right? Mm-hmm. But they did those things against New Mexico State, Western Illinois, and okay, a respectable Colorado. Yes. Um, is Minnesota as good as what it looks like they might be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is I think this is the most we have no idea game okay. of the week because okay. I'm not sure that we got a complete completely accurate read out of uh, Michigan State last weekend. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, they got steamrolled early in that game and just couldn't figure out how to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, is Minnesota capable of that kind of similar burst out of the gate? Maybe, but that's not typically what we see out of Minnesota. Um, this game's in East Lansing. <sighs> I don't, I don't like the road favorite here. Uh-huh. Okay. I feel like Michigan State is still the better team despite what they showed us last week. My gut says go with Sparty. Okay. But I don't know how much I convince, like, I don't know how much I'm convincing myself of that. I think this is just me a really entertaining game to keep an eye on at 3.30 to kind of see which one of these two teams is going to actually show up and play this game. Okay. Okay. How's that for a non-answer? Sparty, maybe? Pick a a team. I said Sparty, maybe. You said maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Sparty. Sure. Okay. There we go. There we go. Um, Michigan state is undefeated if they were playing in the Mac. Um, they're not. Uh, and, and I, regardless of what, what you think about what happened uh, in, in Washington last weekend, I think it's really clear that Michigan state was overrated at number 11. Um, this is a tough one to pick, and it's and and it's uh, made especially tough because it's a road game for Minnesota. If this uh, if Minnesota's at home, I I would I would pick the Gophers without hesitation. Um, okay. I I but I just looking statistically, again it yes it's hard to know because everybody has excuse me the preseason cupcakes. Um, although you know the, the Minnesota does have a a, a power five win. Um, I, at this point, granted, 
small sample size, lots of, lots of football to come, but Minnesota looks like the best team in the big 10 West to me. Mm. Um, and I, I'm going to pick the Gophers to win this on the road. Um, I'm, I'm giving you a hard time, but, but reality is I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm as on the fence as you are. Yeah. But, and, and I'm, and I, but I did, I did write down in my notes, uh, Gophers, Gophers will row the boat. Yeah. I was going to say, out row of, the damn boat. Yeah. Out, out of East Lansing. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. That finishes our three thirty games. Um, so we'll take, we'll get you now to four 30 minutes later on the Fox <laughs> on Fox number 15, Oregon at Washington state. The ducks are favored by six and a half points. The AJ fun index um, is a uh, 57.5 Carla. This game's super intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to like about this game um, because, okay. Oregon made the statement that we didn't know they were going to be capable of making last week against BYU. Yeah, they did, right. They did. I mean, we both thought BYU was going to win that game and that Oregon made a statement because not only did they win the game, they won the game comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you wonder, like, can the Ducks sustain this? Um, can Bo Nix put together two good games in a row? That was always the knock against him in Auburn. He would have one good <laughs> game and then lay an egg in the next game. And is right. this lay an egg game, which is funny now that he's at Oregon. Um, that's a really bad pun. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, that's awful. Okay. Thing that we forget. Yes. Washington State beat Wisconsin. In in Madison. In Madison. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is potentially a legit wazoo squad. Mm-hmm. And they're playing at home on the Palouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if the wazoo defense is as good against the run as they have been and can make the Ducks offense one dimensional, there's a chance Wazoo pulls off this win. Mm-hmm. I think the pick here is Oregon. But I'm hedging my bet. Okay. <laughs> so this is Oregon question mark is my official pick on this game because I think they've got I think Oregon has the stronger win at this point with the big statement over BYU. Oh, sure. uh, without but, question. But which Bo Nicks are we gonna see? We're gonna keep asking ourselves that question for the entire season. And Wazoo's been tested. Good bow, bad bow? Good bow, bad bow. Um, if we if we go with the alternating weeks, this is a week for bad bow. It is. Um, and I, I just I I feel like this for whatever reason, and and maybe it's Bo Nix. I mean, maybe it just comes down to that. I'm not I'm not sold on Oregon, um, being Oregon esque at this point. Um. New, new, new coach, new quarterback, um, the, all of those changes. I, I, I feel like uh, this is maybe a team that's just, that's, that's, that could be, that's going to be really, really good, but is not quite ready. And I'm not sure that Bo Nix is the, is the guy to, to, to get them there. Um, Wazoo's a scary place to play. It is. Uh, and, 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 and the Cougars are off to a good start. Ah, uh, I feel like they're going to beat Oregon hmm. on on Saturday. So that's that's where that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go on this one. This feels uh, like this feels like a year that the Pac-12 is going to be like across the board pretty good, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're going to eat each other up, mm-hmm. and you're um, going to end up with no Pac-12 representative in the in the playoff because again, again because they're just all going to be like instead of all being mediocre, I think they're going to be good and different on weeks are going to, and they're mm-hmm. going to be left out again. Okay. That's okay. really what this feels like. That could be, that could be, um, we will, we will, uh, we have that game. We have, uh, uh, some more to talk about. We, we will, uh, this week will tell us a lot about what's going to happen in that conference. Yeah. Um, at 7 PM on ESPN, uh, note that this is in Jerry world. Um, and this is a legit, I know it's in the state of Texas, but it's a legit, uh, a neutral field. I mean, I think we're pretty much equidistant between Fayetteville and, and College Station. Um, number 10, Arkansas against number 23, Texas A&M. Uh, the Aggies are favored by two. Um, the AJ Fun Index is a, a beastly 48 and a half points. Whew. 
What do you think? Arkansas was sleepwalking last week. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Um, They almost lost to Missouri State. They did. At home. They didn't wake up until the fourth quarter and they finally decided, oh, yeah, we can't lose oh, right. this game. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, the Hogs defense, it's stingy against the run, but super sus in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they allowed 350 yards and 27 points against Cincinnati. Um, 27 points per game mm-hmm. against combined opponents, Cincinnati, South Carolina, Missouri State. That's not great. No. Not great. Um, Texas A&M responded well to that App State embarrassment. Um, and beat Miami at home, which was something that neither of us really thought that the Aggies were capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, Aggie defense has given up yards, but not points. Mm-hmm. Um, facing an Arkansas team that offensively puts up 500 yards per game. Playing in Jerry World. <laughs> because of that... Even though I am nervous about Arkansas because they can't sleepwalk in right. the SEC, no, they have to come out ready to play. If they come out ready to play, Arkansas wins this game. Mm-hmm. If they come out to a slow start and Texas A&M hangs around, it wouldn't stun me to see the Aggies pull this one off. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go Arkansas because okay. I think overall they've got the better team here. Um, but man, they they can't just like lollygag into Jerry World. That's not going to work. What does that make them? Lollygaggers. <laughs> um, I uh, th- th- this feels like two programs going in different directions, and I'm not. And I'm not saying Jimbo's going to lead the Aggies down the toilet. Um, but I just last week I think is explainable because you know it's the weekend we, last week for Arkansas is explainable because it's the week before you start conference play um it's it's clearly a, a team that you're that you're gonna beat um until you you screw around for three quarters and then realize oh wait we gotta actually play to do this um I, 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 Arkansas is I think Arkansas is really impressive. Uh, and and they would be, uh, we would be talking about them a lot more if they were playing in any other division in the country. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, but but even it, it, as that be that as it may, um, that's a really good team. Uh, it is a team that has improved, uh, you know, since Bert left and you know it, it stopped eating the mascots and stuff. Um, I think they have enough uh, to to beat the Aggies on a neutral field. Um, maybe they have enough to to beat Aggies in in College Station. I don't know, but that's that's a that's a question for another year. This weekend, uh, they will beat Texas A and M uh, in in Jerry World. Um, Seven thirty, ABC. I am wearing a black jersey because it is a blackout in Columbus. Wisconsin at number three, Ohio State. The Bucks are favored by 18 points. Uh, the AJ Fund Index is 57. I have no idea what that's based on. I, I is that the points that Ohio State's going to score? I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's that's obnoxious of me. I apologize, Carla. What do you think? Um. So yeah, Bucky kind of very um, publicly failed their first test of the season um, against Washington State. Dropped out of the national rankings. Um. Will they fail their second test? And it's a huge ask, right? Yes. Night game at the shoe blackout. Um, but as I know you're gonna have a lot to say about this game, mm-hmm. need I mention Badgers are annoying. Yes, they are. Um, they are. And that's something here that I just can't shake out of my head. When you look at statistically what Wisconsin has done, yes, they laid an egg against Washington State. Um, but I've gotta believe here, Ohio State's the pick, right? Mm-hmm. Seems like the national tension really isn't on this game much this week. Even though they've got the the spotlight game on, on ABC, it just feels uh-huh. like it's not getting a lot of the conversation. I think I think Ohio State wins this game, but they're going to need a complete game uh-huh. um, from all fronts uh, to be able to um, really make sure that they put away the Badgers the way that they need to uh-huh. um, to be able to stand in you know in the, high in the in the playoff conversation here. But um, 
you know, it wouldn't stun me to see Wisconsin hanging around and making this game because Badgers are annoying. Um, <laughs> hanging around midway through the third quarter before before Ohio State. I, this feels like it could be another like Notre Dame game, is what it feels like to me. Okay. Um, that I think Wisconsin is going to hang around longer than they probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, before Ohio State puts them away, but um, but yeah, I I think this is a Wisconsin team that's just going to be that annoying pest. Like that's just what this feels like this year. Okay. Okay. Um, I I don't disagree. Uh, and and I, I have, um, I in my notes. This is I have this written down. I expect some initial butterflies, um, and I'm writing it about me, which means the game's going to be closer earlier than I would be, um, than I would be happy about. Um, Ohio State has improved steadily. Uh, they have done, uh, what I would hope they would do, um, in in the in the the the, the, the preseason games, um. The depth in the receivers' room after Jackson Smith the Jigbo w- was hurt against Notre Dame um, is uh, ridiculous. Um, the tailbacks' room. This this the, the, this this thing from last weekend will tell you uh, what you need to know. The third string guy was the first one to eclipse 100 yards in the game uh, for for this season. So there's some depth there as well. Yeah. Um. Defense. Uh, I have I had a similar question uh, as you did about Penn State's defense and that um, they, they, they gave up big plays. And I keep hearing that about Jim Knowles. They're going to give up big plays. I'm like, well, how, how about we don't? Can, yeah. can, can we arrange for that to happen? Um, but but I, I, again, they're not giving up a ton of points. Um, and, and so I can... The yardage, the occasional big play, I can I can handle that. Um, the atmosphere, I think, for this is going to be uh, maybe better than the Notre Dame's uh, than the Notre Dame game. Um, the blackout's going to be appropriately ominous. Yeah. After after some initial uh, the hiccups, uh, I think Ohio State rolls. And and sets the tone for uh, for the, the the conference season that's that's just getting started, um, which is something I I am feeling pretty good about at this point. Uh, Nine thirty p.m. Venturing into AJ territory the on the mythical Pac twelve network. I'm told it exists. <laughs> I have yet to see it, but I'm told it exists. Uh, number seven, USC at Oregon State. The Trojans are favored by six and a half points. The AJ Fun Index is an astounding 71. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think? Now playing the role of the Big 12, USC, <laughs> Oregon State. Um, defense optional. No, this actually is a really intriguing Pac-12 matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a game that USC should win and needs to win. Um, but the Beavs are 3-0, and and they've beat Fresno and Boise. Those are better than your average cupcakes, right? Um, True. And Corvallis at night can be a strange place to play. Um, however, for, for USC, the West Coast is treating Caleb Williams very well. Um, already more than 800 yards and eight touchdowns with no interceptions. So this is a game that USC should win. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be kind of the reverse of what you will be experiencing at the shoe. I think um, USC is going to win the game eventually. I think Oregon State hangs around and makes it interesting for the first half and maybe gives the Trojans a little bit of a scare. But I think here that's the road team that is Mm -hmm. the better team, the more complete team that will eventually come away with the win. But um, this could be really entertaining for a half, which is good for those of us who like to go to bed eventually. So AJ, you get the second half. I will take that. I, I will do my best to try to stay up for the first half. Um, but yeah, so caffeinated according, this is like the the fourth week in a row, all four weeks we've had late games that we've talked about. So mm-hmm. plan your beverage and caffeination strategy accordingly. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a long day of football kids, Yes. <laughs> but Trojans win this game. Okay. Okay. I'm, I, what I want to see, I, I expect SC to win this game. Um, I, I, and, and the talent that they have, uh, at the skill positions on the outside, uh, offense and defense, uh, it, it's it, it is jaw dropping. Actually, um, what I want to see from Southern Cal, and I'm not sure they have it this season, um, is 
it, and it's, this is going to be more noticeable on, on the defensive side of the ball, but do they have the same kind of talent up the middle? Uh, either, either line linebackers, um, how, how do they do that? You know, uh, Caleb Williams, uh, he's, he's, he's athletic and mobile and, you know, he doesn't really need a, a, an NFL style pocket all the time. Um, he has proven that he can make stuff happen on his own. Um, so I, I'm, I'm wondering about, you know, do they have that now? Uh, is that something that, that is still to come, uh, yeah. to, to have those, have those skills, um, to, to hang with a really good team. I'm not, I, the, the, the Oregon state's off to a great start. Um, yeah. they are, they are, you know, if they keep that going, they win this whole West coast championship thing, because, um, beating Fresno and beating Boise in, in, in a season is, is impressive just on, on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, uh, this will end up being the test that, that, uh, Southern Cal, uh, that I would like to see to Southern Cal. They might, they will get later on in the season. Um, I don't think it's that it's that kind of test, and I think the Trojans will win this game on the road. Boys and girls, you can hear the Carlin Crappy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and a variety of other podcasting hosts. You can watch us on YouTube and the show's Facebook page, and that's what you should do if you want to see Charlie running around on my desk. Um, <laughs> wait, he was doing earlier. If you like us. Or if you like Charlie, you know, please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, if you don't, mind your own damn business, huh? Um, be sure to come back next week. When we will see exactly how wrong we were. Carla, do you have a final thought? I do. Okay. Two real quick things. First sure. of all, um, my Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders are on the road at number 25 Miami, 330 Eastern South on the Beach, ACC Network. South Beach Vacation. South Beach Vacation, yeah. Um. So <laughs> the players, they walk into practice and they, they had an extra little pep in their step. They did. They, they come off two really nice wins. Yeah. Um, Colorado State on the road mm-hmm. and then um, trounced Tennessee State um, this week at home at, at Floyd. Um, the first game on campus this nice. semester. Nice. Um, is that, so is, that a, heading down... is that a rivalry game, Tennessee State? Or what, what would be Middle's big rival? Middle's big rivalry is Western Kentucky. Okay. Um, it's, okay. it's hundred miles of hate is what they call it. Um, cause our, uh, yeah, our campuses we, we are only two or only a hundred miles apart. Um, and it's homecoming this year. So that's going to be a fun Ooh. little twist to things. That's yeah. Fun. Um, but this is a Western Kentucky team that, you know, just almost beat Indiana. So, um, yes. so, so they're good. Um, so we'll see what middle's made of this week. I mean, they really kind of are going in with nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami's reeling after being stifled by Texas A&M middles on a roll. Could this be the group of five magic this week? Um, go Blue Raiders, or Woo. or at least uh, middle covers because the line on this game is pretty ridiculous. So I'm what is, gonna. What's, I'm, what was the line? It was like twenty six and a half or something like that. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I I'd have to go look it up again. Um, but yeah, it it was pretty high. So I'm gonna say go Blue Raiders, and at minimum middle covers. Okay, okay. I have not. Um, looked up the line for OU's game this week. Uh, I'm, I am hopeful that I I, I shouldn't have to. Um, uh, the Bobcats have had a, a, a absolutely murderous two week stretch. I mean, Carl and I uh, broke down the, the the game at Penn State two weeks ago. Um, last weekend they went to Ames um, and got thumped by Iowa State by by almost the same score. <laughs> he did at Penn State. I, I know. I know you uh, scored ten points in each in, in each game. Um, so yeah, you know, those games you got to go do. It, it's fine. And now there's some guy named Fordham wandering around Athens, and and uh, Athens. I know he's going to play football against him uh, on Saturday, and I don't know how that happened, but I, I expect the Bobcats to 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 be able to win that game. Sort of reassemble themselves as we approach the the mac season and maction yes. um and get back to 500 uh to as we as we get into that stuff the, uh, the line is 26 and a half i've confirmed that um okay and i and i had one more thing yeah please. um just i wanted to wish a happy first birthday wait to whom to 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 one and only ellie who, Miss Ellie. Miss Ellie is a year old. Can you believe it? 
So I'm going to be a little bit distracted on Saturday because we're having a first birthday party for her. So, oh, geez. Um, well, yeah, no, that's so good. For, that's good for her, though. Just, you know, plop her down in front of the TV with the smash cake. You, you yep. guys get and, smash well, cake? And, and the whole family's going to be wanting to do that anyways because we're having her party during the Florida Tennessee game. So, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, family of, of Florida alums, um, we're going to be like watching the Florida UT yeah. game while my daughter is smashing cake. So, um, yeah, it, it, it should be a good times. But yeah. You should get, you should get a big smash cake for the grown-ups <laughs> uh and you could get you get like an alligator on one side and then a big t on the other so anyone can pick whatever team they want to smash there you go i I'm, i like i have i, like I have i have just uncovered at a completely untapped um college football baking yes thing <laughs> new tailgate game Oh, I like that. I like that. If you're like, if if you're habitually tailgating with people who are from the other team, then yeah, you can. That's yeah, and you know, so forget mm. like pong, forget flip cup, forget all that, the, all those kinds of games. I get a giant smash cake. I like this. Hmm. Okay. I like okay. this. This is something we're gonna work on. Um, I'm gonna look up and see who the Ohio State's playing like close to my birthday. Maybe, maybe that'll be a thing. Tell you them, give me a smash cake. Uh, happy birthday to Miss Ellie. Um, and happy birthday to uh, both of her parents. Um, I know that's that 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 the first year is always an adventure, and uh, yes, uh, but at least <laughs> at least she's letting us record our, our football show regularly this season. So that's that's good. We appreciate also, that. Also true. So yes, cheers to mom and dad for surviving cheers. the year. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Cheers to Ellie. Here, cheers to mom and dad. Uh, Carla, thank you once again for uh, everything you do for this show. Yes, same to you. Thanks as always. <laughs> Boys and girls, thank you. Uh, once again, enjoy this whole mess of football games we have for you on Saturday. Um, and uh, we will come back. Uh, be sure to come back next week when we will do this all once again. Everybody, cheers. And cheers. Beat, Michi beat Michigan. See you. <laughs> Thank you.